About 20 million Americans, that's about how many watched the January 6th committee hearings last night. Nowhere near what the Democrats would need in order to try to stave off inevitable defeat in November. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham here on The Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 if you want to take part in the conversation a little later in the show. But we, I mean, it's, it's the big news of the day. Whether you think so or whether I think so, every major news network is talking about the January 6th hearings last night. So I will just briefly give my take on it and then we can move on. But I wanted to give you those ratings first. I want you to understand that around 6% of Americans watched the January 6th hearings across five networks last night. Just to give you a look at the numbers. Uh, ABC, almost four and a half million. NBC, 3.3 million. CBS, 3.2 million. That was the cable networks. Looking at CNN, got 2.6 million. MSNBC, 4.6 million. So that's 8 million between those two and 11 million roughly between the three cable news networks. So you're looking at a little under 20 million, I think, when it's all said and done. Not to mention if anybody watched it on like Fox Business or anything like that, but nobody really was, especially not Fox's audience. This is approximately 6% of the American public, of the total American public, watched those hearings you can you can rest assured that one-fifth of those msnbc already believe that trump was guilt was guilty of insurrection they aren't likely to be convinced cnn the majority of their viewers also likely believe that trump was guilty of insurrection they're not somebody that were convinced to switch sides on the issue abc NBC, CBS, a little more center, left of center viewers. A lot of people who are just kind of sticking around watching that coverage because their evening news was over for, and they just kind of stuck around on the channel because they saw that's what's next. They watched a little bit of it. What's fascinating, if you look at the ratings, if you, if you track the ratings and, and in particular follow um, you, you follow along in the eight o'clock hour. I gave you the numbers for the three cable news networks by 10 o'clock. CBS had dropped about a million viewers. ABC and NBC were down to about a million and a half viewers. So everybody was tuned out by the time 10 o'clock rolled around. And because 10 o'clock or well, 10 o'clock Eastern, uh, was late. Everybody's going to bed by that point. Nobody's really sticking around watching the networks at that point. If you watched it last night, which I'm sure a lot of you didn't because you had better things to do, for example, um, you had 11 million people watching the NBA Finals last night versus 11 million roughly between three networks watching these hearings. The NBA Finals 
got more than double what any other network got. Almost triple what the highest uh, rated networks last night got for the hearings. Tucker Carlson's interview with Kyle Rittenhouse back in November. Well, that got five million. So his interview with Kyle Rittenhouse months ago got more viewers than any of the networks got last night. So what actually happened last night? My opinion of the January 6th riot has not changed. I don't believe it was a credible insurrection attempt. It was a bunch of idiots cosplaying as patriots. They had no real end game other than the disruption of government. They never had any chance of success, and I believe even they knew it. They wanted to go up there and cause chaos because they felt the election was stolen. They were told by people, prominent people, in the president, in the then President Trump's inner circle and his supporters in media that the election was stolen. They wanted to go up there and disrupt things. They were never going to actually overturn the government or anything like that. I also suspect there are very few people who believe Trump wasn't guilty of egging the protesters on. Going into it last night, if you believed that Trump's words and actions and tweets and anything like that didn't do anything to egg the protesters on, you're probably in a minority of Americans who paid attention to the event. And I'm sorry if you disagree with that, but that is the way it's looking. Looking at the video evidence that was laid out last night, yes, they were directly taking direction from Trump's tweets. I'm not saying that Trump did it on purpose, but his words and his actions that day, given the timeline laid out by the committee, did seem to egg them on. What is pretty notable to me is that Nancy Pelosi should not be a leader in the Democratic Party anymore. The Democrats on the committee, by and large, proved themselves capable of investigating and coming to a conclusion based on the evidence that they had. And that Nancy Pelosi didn't do that when she filed her second article, the, the second articles of impeachment against Trump. And Nancy Pelosi didn't do that when she squandered that opportunity. That just shows that she was then putting up impeachment as a political stunt and now is using the committee as a political stunt. With the evidence that the committee laid out last night, objectively, objectively, with the evidence they laid out last night, you could get an investigator and prosecutor to come up with a report and use that to justify articles of impeachment, which is what the Democrats could have done back in the beginning of 2021. If they wanted to go for an impeachment of Donald Trump, who at that point was no longer in office, they could have pulled all that evidence together then and laid out their case that way. And I'm willing to bet they would have gotten a lot closer to 60 votes in the Senate, if not capping it, because of that. However, the Democrats have shot themselves in the foot with a lack of leadership, a lack of direction, and they undercut themselves ahead of the hearing. That's what I think a lot of people don't actually realize. The Mississippi Democrat who led off the hearing gave a 10-minute opening address. Liz Cheney was next, and she actually gave up a lot of video evidence and set up the timeline. And as a result of that, 
you could feasibly see that some people watching actually had, actually could have, they, they could have stuck around based on that. But there were 37 minutes in a two-hour t- primetime spot. 37 minutes were used for introductory statements. At that point, you lose most of your audience. The Democrats chose to make this a series of public hearings rather than hiring a prosecutor to investigate and lay out a damning report. As a result, they undercut themselves. And worse, they spoiled every surprise. Everybody knew what the Democrats were going to say because the Democrats, wanting to create headlines rather than an actual case against Trump, leaked all the good information they had to the press weeks and months ahead of time. Every time the committee came, uh, uh, discovered something, the Democrats leaked it to the press. So all the oomph was taken from their hearing last night. And it's going to be the same going forward. The January 6th committee is not going to really give you much that's new. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, I want to dive a little further into that see what the what the committee laid out for us and how it actually affects things going forward. 232-1542. When we come back from the break, your calls later in the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. We will get to your calls after the bottom of the hour news. I, I want to finish up on this and the other major news of the day, which is going to be the inflation numbers and, and the economic numbers. The Democrats, as I said, they've undercut their own case here. Last night, it was prime time. You had 20 million Americans. Yes, not a lot. 6% of the the general American public. But the news media, I think, would have a lot more to go by if the Democrats hadn't already leaked them all of the good stuff ahead of time. In the weeks and months... Uh, leading up to the hearing, the Democrats were constantly leaking from the committee all the stuff they were finding out. As a result, a lot of the stuff that should have been impactful last night wasn't. The Democrats could have investigated this, could have come up with something, could have laid it out, and could have used it to really build a strong case against Trump. But I think they've undercut themselves really, really badly here. One of the bright things that did come out from this is that it's clear that Mike Pence is not the guy a lot of the anti-Trump people who were who claim to be Republican but are anti-Trump. Mike Pence actually came out looking a whole lot better in this. There are a lot of anti-Trump Republicans who don't trust anyone affiliated with the Trump administration. Mike Pence, though, is a genuinely good guy and stepped up and is the one who took who took the role of leadership there when when Donald Trump clearly was not willing to call in any sort of presence to the Capitol to help calm things down. And it's a shame on that, but I'm glad that he did step up and do that. But with everything happening last night, the Democrats and the media want you to basically ignore the inflation numbers that have come out today. 
and the inflation numbers are not good. We are looking at the highest inflation in decades. We are looking at an economy that is not getting better. And we're looking at, and this is what is so odd about all this. We're looking at an inflation crisis that not only the Biden administration failed to predict, but they're now doubling down. Janet Yellen actually said that she would not do anything differently if she had to do it over again. Let me say that again because it is preposterous. But it's true. Janet Yellen said that if she has to do it all over again, she would. The Democrats are learning nothing. In, in statements today at this Summit of the Americas, Biden doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on this idea that this is Putin's price hike, that everything Americans are going through right now is because of Vladimir Putin. He is shifting the blame because he cannot take responsibility. Inflation has hit 8.6%, the highest level in four decades. And the Biden administration is saying, well, a war that started a few years, a few months ago was what triggered it. Never mind that the current gas prices we're seeing, gas prices that include a 498 national average for regular. 490, uh, I'm sorry, um, 535 for, uh, uh, for, mid, for mid-grade, four, six, uh, 564 for premium, and 575 for diesel, national average. Yeah, that didn't start when Putin's war started. A year ago, the national average for regular gas was $3.07. A month ago, it was $4.37. A week ago, $4.76. Yesterday, $4.97. Today, $4.98, almost $4.99 a gallon. Regular is about to top a national average of $5 a gallon. In several places around the country, it already is. And the Biden administration wants you to think that this is Vladimir Putin's war that's done it. Not the fact that, as Democratic economists pointed out, the Biden administration pushed for injecting trillions into the economy via COVID stimulus. Knowing full well what happens when you oversaturate the market with American dollars. And they want to say, oh, it's a global thing. U.S. inflation is skyrocketing well beyond the rate that is happening around the world. This is a uniquely American problem, the rate in which it's climbing. And Biden is out there lying about it. Biden is out there saying that this is about Putin. This is about the Republicans who uh, want to tax the poor and give the rich tax breaks. He's throwing everybody else under the bus. His own administration admitted that saying it was transitory was a mistake. 
His own administration is now saying we wouldn't do anything differently, knowing what we know now. His own administration is refusing to take any of the blame here. And this is all happening as the Democrats are laser focused on January 6th, abortion and the environment. Quick note. Um, there was a poll that asked how many people actually care about the abortion issue. Only 5% of Americans. So 95% of Americans care about something far more important than the abortion issue. I'm willing to bet that gas prices and the like are part of that. 232-1542. When we come back, what's happening with the congressional maps here in Louisiana? We'll talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Uh, before we get to the congressional district stuff, the maps, the, the judge, the Fifth Circuit and everything, I do want to bring up this story that, that's uh, kind of coming out today. And I apologize for how depressing this is, but this needs to be said because it goes to a point that I was making a couple weeks ago. A new report shows that the victims in the Uvalde school shooting were still alive in the hour that law enforcement would not, refused to go into the room with the shooter and his victims. Police are trained in the wake of recent shootings over the years that the move is to go in and engage the shooter immediately, not wait. And law enforcement in Uvalde, Texas, waited. They wanted better gear. They, they, they didn't want to put themselves at unnecessary risk. And I'm sorry, but that's the job. There were 33 children and three teachers in the path of the shooter, but police waited an hour and 17 minutes before four officers entered the classrooms in question, despite 60 officers having arrived at the school. The documents also reveal that the, the officers had long guns upon arrival, which means they were well-equipped to take down the gunman. The Uvalde School District police chief is at the center of scrutiny over the decisions that were made that day. And one of the things that is still infuriating is that the Democrats are using lack of action on gun control in response to Uvalde as the reason they will not take up a security measure for Supreme Court justices in the House. That measure passed unanimously weeks ago in the Senate when protests started showing up around the justices' private residences. Something that is illegal, by the way. By federal law, you're not allowed to protest outside the private residence of a judge. The Senate, when those protests first started showing up at the, judge, at the justices' houses, the Senate passed unanimously a bill calling for more security. Nancy Pelosi never took it up. 
Yesterday, they had the opportunity again. As we learn more and more about the attempted assassination of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, we had the opportunity again, and the House wouldn't take it up. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't let the House take it up. It's all political. They want action on Uvalde. They want gun control based on what happened in Uvalde. But given the news that we're getting today about how long they waited and how those children who were shot suffered, it's clear that the guns were not the problem in this case. The mental health aspect of it, which I've harped about for weeks, and the systems that were already in place failing needing to be fixed before you even look at something else new. It's clear that's where we need to be focusing. But the Democrats don't want to do that. They want to make this political, and it is disgusting. Now, here in Louisiana, the Fifth Circuit has put a stay on the Baton Rouge judge, uh, on the order of the Baton Rouge judge who struck down the congressional maps passed by the Louisiana legislature. That judge had initially said, you need to have a map ready by like June 20th. And John Bell Edwards called the legislature into a special session starting on June 16th to draw up new maps. And the fifth circuit well, the, uh, Jeff Landry immediately filed an appeal. The Fifth Circuit has issued a stay of the judge's order so that they can review it and give a ruling later, meaning there is no June 20th deadline for the legislature and there is no need. There is no need for a special session. And leadership in the House has not been handling any of these events very well. They've not been handling this very well at all. Um, Let me pull this up from Scott McKay at the Hayride. One of the problems in all this is because of Edwards calling into special session, the legislature for June 16th, the day that they were supposed to, uh, that the special house committee on Ronald Green, uh, that, that was the day John Bell Edwards was supposed to testify before the, uh, the, the house committee on the Ronald Green investigation. Clay Sheck Snyder uh, canceled that appearance in order to accommodate the special session request. And conservatives throughout the state are rightly pointing out that Sheck Snyder once again clearly has no idea how to handle a high-pressure political situation like this. What Sheck Snyder should have done, according to Scott McKay at the Hayride, was not only refuse to let Edwards off the hook, but instead announce that on June 16th, Edwards would be testifying in front of the Committee of the Whole in the House. So he'd be catching questions from all those conservative legislators who hate his guts and the black Democrats still furious about the Green case. And then let Edwards throw a fit about that. Instead, Sheck Snyder wants to play a submissive role in front of Edwards when it's his failure to run a state police force that doesn't beat motorists to death on roadsides. At the same time, Edwards appears to be colluding with partisan Democrat judges to pervert the process to steal a congressional seat. 
Sheck Snyder, if he were a real conservative leader, would be playing hardball on this and would be getting something out of Edwards for this. He would not have canceled Edwards' appearance before that House committee because that is an investigation that needs to go forward. It was clear from the get-go, everyone knew the initial lawsuit would lead to the congressional districts being struck down. Everybody knew that the Fifth Circuit was going to be taking up the case and that they would likely issue a stay on it. Everyone except Sheck Snyder, who could have waited to take up the governor's call on a special session until the Fifth Circuit came to a decision. So now there is no special session and there is no appearance by Edward in, Ed, Edwards in front of that House committee on the Ronald Green investigation. So what exactly in all this has Sheck Snyder gotten out of the deal? Once again, that's a question we have to ask. And once again, we also have to, quest, have to ask the question, why on earth do Republicans pick such bad leaders in the state legislature? Leaders that cannot take charge, leaders that cannot, for under any circumstances, actually hold a single Democrat's feet to the fire when they screw up. At no point should Edwards' appearance have been canceled. You have to get to the bottom of that. Even if Edwards is walking in with two lawyers and will likely say nothing, you need Edwards in front of that committee. You need it on the record that he's refusing to talk about the issue, that he's leaving it up to his lawyers. But instead, you just give it up and you let Edwards off scot-free in this. McKay at the Hayride is right. Now's the time to say, you know what? Screw it. Put Edwards in front of the committee of the whole and let every single lawmaker ask a question. Let every one of them probe Edwards on this issue. Because as more and more come out, comes out, you understand that Edwards knew a lot more than he was saying and that he probably lied directly to the faces of Ronald Green's family. 232-1542, we're going to take our last break, then we'll be back. Your calls if you want to be part of the conversation and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL, reach out on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email joe at redstate.com or call in 232-1542. A bit of a programming note, uh, I'm out next week. I'm going to be on vacation. I, 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 I need to get away for a little while because paying attention to all this sometimes just hurts your head and your heart, folks. Uh, but uh, don't worry. You will be covered. Mark will be in all next week for me. And I hope that you guys uh, also have a great week next week. Now, before we get out of here for the day, to go back to something I said earlier. 20 million Americans watched the hearings last night, roughly. We know from the, from the cable news ratings, that's what we know. Maybe some watched on internet streams, but there was not anybody watching that that would probably have been convinced on much of anything. For a couple of reasons. One, the, the audience on television is primarily left of center, don't like Donald Trump, think that he was at best instigating the right, at worst, trying to overthrow the government. 
Not many people who watched were people that were there to with an open mind, basically. You either watched it and you believe that Trump is innocent and this is a farce and why am I watching this in the first place? Or you're watching and saying, Trump is guilty. I don't think this committee goes far enough. Why am I watching this anyways? That's it. That's the audience last night. The majority of Americans are still sitting around their kitchen tables right now. Looking at gas bills, looking at energy bills, looking at grocery bills. 5% of Americans, according to a Quinnipiac poll, 5% of Americans see abortion as an urgent issue. 95% of Americans see something else as a more urgent issue than the abortion issue. We have Supreme Court case release dates coming up next week and for the rest of the month. There's still, I think, 33 cases that they have to release opinions on. I imagine that if we don't see the Dobbs case on Monday, we're not going to see it until the last day of the session, which will either be the very end of June or the very beginning of July. Sometimes the Supreme Court session ends on like the first or second day of July rather than the last day of June. But typically everything's done by June. With 33 opinions, who knows? But all of that said, the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs case, just like the hearings last night, they're not going to motivate anybody new. They're not. What everybody who is getting ready to make their decision for November is thinking about is the stuff affecting their wallet right now. The Democrats are trying to blame Putin. He's actually, Joe Biden is actually out once again saying this. It is incredible just how much he's pushing this Putin tax hike on things. He's actually saying today's numbers show us what every American already knew. Putin's uh, tax hike or Putin's price hike is hitting every American hard. That's what he actually said today at this uh, Summit of the Americas, at this speech. He says, we've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. Every prediction about the food crisis coming from Putin's war, every prediction says that probably around the fall we'll see the major impact of that. So we're not seeing that yet. But he's already blaming it on Putin. He's trying to set the stage so that when fall comes around, Everybody, he hope, he's hoping everybody knows it's Putin's fault. Never mind the fact that all of this started before Putin's war and that Democrats were out there and Democrat economists were out there warning about inflation before Putin started his war. Larry Summers, prominent Democrat economist and advisor to Bill Clinton, wrote that there was going to be an inflation crisis and every prominent Democrat out there supporting Joe Biden called him a fool. And then inflation started happening and the Biden administration said, oh, it's transitory, it'll pass. And you know what? It's not transitory. We'll be looking at the effect of inflation for years to come. And the Biden administration is in no way taking any sort of responsibility. Janet Yellen came close 
when she said, uh, maybe it was a mistake to call it transitory. She came close in that. But she never quite accepted or admitted any fault either. The Biden administration is avoiding all fault here. If the Biden administration said, yes, we screwed up, but now we're working on it, they actually listed out ways that they're working on it, that would actually do more to save them than the January 6th hearings are. But that's not the case. That's not how it's going down. The Biden administration is deny, 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 deny. The Democrats are deny, 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 deny. There are Democrats, there are pundits out there, there are writers out there who are actually saying that this is all just the Republicans trying to throw you off the real problems here. Matthew Dowd, who was who worked in the Bush administration but is a prominent uh, lefty politician, well, I mean, pundit, but he's kind of dabbling in, polit- in, in being a politician right now. Matthew Dowd said, remember, Hitler convinced Germans to join him because of inflation issues. So once again, everybody out there concerned about inflation is actually falling for a Nazi scheme right now. That's all they have. That's all they have because they cannot run on or accept the fact that they have screwed up on the economy. So here we are right now with the Democrats and the Biden administration floundering, looking for anything to try to deflect from the fact that they screwed up. And you and I aren't buying it. And I guarantee you that all those independent voters that we try to win every election cycle, they've already made the decision that the people who are in charge while all this is going on can't be in charge going forward. And as a result, we're going to see a big, big turnover in the House and the Republicans take control there. And you know what? You're probably going to see the Republicans get a couple seats in the Senate and take over the Senate too. Because everybody is pretty much done. Poor Joe Biden, just a victim of all these circumstances, right? That's what he wants to think. That's what his allies want you to think, that he's just a victim of circumstances. All right, guys, I'm off for a week, but I will talk to you guys again the following Monday. In the meantime, stick around. Mark Pope filling in for me next week. Tune into the podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you guys again in a week.